today on the Sound Iron Podcast, we are talking about Taylor Swift versus Ticketmaster. We are talking about a new free library. Everybody loves free. We got Rain Song. We've got a sale on the Omega Bundle. We've got artificial intelligence vocals. We knew it was coming. And we've got some TikTok problems and some Valhalla DSP updates. Craig, are you ready? I'm ready. So jumping in, Chris Dallariva analyzed key changes in songs that made the Billboard Hot 100 between 1958 and 2022. Key changes are nearly non-existent after 2010. So if you think of a popular song from the 80s, like Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson, we have this big grand key change where it goes up a half step from G to G sharp and everything lifts and you get that feel good energy of going higher and that's at two minutes and 52 seconds in the song and then we're in G sharp the rest of the song. Now, what this guy says, Mr. Chris, he says that as hip hop and rap became more popular and working inside a DAW and using software, uh, people are less likely to change the key because rap and hip hop doesn't really have as strong of a melody. It's mm-hmm. more uh, beat based. It's more beat based. Yeah, exactly. And so he, if you look at this graph, he's basically showing that as the years go by, the amount of key changes are just disappearing. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to look at that. And if you look at like Logic or GarageBand sessions, you typically don't see people changing keys uh, unless they're in film composition, like orchestral composition. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but the reason that I do key changes is just to keep things interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually did that recently on my on my rain song demo. Like towards the end, I had this part where because like I wanted it to to be like kind of real moody mm-hmm. and then pick up over time and there's this part where it's, it gets a little bit more like kind of like open and and melodic. And then I wanted to repeat that section, but then I think I uh, shifted it up like a whole step and a half okay, or a whole, or a whole step. So, you know, to really kind of like lift it even more, but, but yeah, like I, I like doing that kind of stuff where it feels right. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you think of like songs that pop in my head that, that do this kind of thing, it's like, um, was that, that Bon Jovi song? Yeah. Living on a prayer. Yeah, whereas, you know, it just like shifts up and it just like it just makes it almost feel like a little bit more like, oh, like especially yeah. because like the, you know, the the nature of the lyrics and stuff, too. Right, exactly. So some examples he gives is My Girl from The Temptations. I want to dance with somebody from Whitney Houston and Living on a Prayer, among many others. But those are these hugely popular songs. And then after 1990, we're just not using key changes in pop music. Mm -hmm. So he said the two factors that changed the key of pop music forever is hip hop and software. And so he gives an example of Biggie Smalls, Juicy. You would likely not be able to hum the melody. That's because Juicy doesn't have a melody in the same way that something like Over the Rainbow does. Mm -hmm. Guitar and piano lend themselves to certain keys, but the computer is key agnostic. So if you record a song in the key of C major and then decide you don't like that key, 
you don't have to play it again. You can just select all and move it up. Yeah, just do 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 do. All right, very cool. All right, you want to be in uh hey, let's do E major now. All right, cool. All right, what do you want? Or do you want to go down? Like or like it's it I think it makes it easier for people, especially for when you're you know, producing music for somebody and you're like, oh, this is a little bit out of my range. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, let's like, you know, take it down a little bit or. Yeah. Drop it down. Mm-hmm. So I think there's pros and cons to this. One of the pros of not changing keys is it's very easy to go back to a loop or go back to a section mm-hmm. because it's not as linear. It's more sectional and it's a lot of copy pasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the cons of not having a key change is you lose that as a tool for interest. Yeah. And if you listen to film composers, they're moving through keys pretty frequently, which means it's harder to go backwards. Like if you go from C major into E flat major, it's hard to get back to C major. You can do it. uh, And like jazz standards do that a lot, but it's a little bit, you kind of have to do a couple little circles to get back there. Or what is it where, uh, what is it where people do like the, like they use like the the fifth of like another key to like come back into that key or like for a key change or or something like that. Yeah, you can use the dominant seven of a different key. Oh yeah, the five chord. This dude says, "Say what you want about key changes. Sometimes they're heavy-handed and trite, but they also can." like fit perfectly into the song like in man in the mirror when the gospel choir comes in and everything shifts up sometimes it's lazy songwriting to inject energy by shifting up a half step or whole step but that said something has been lost by kicking all key changes to the curb a well-executed key change can elevate a song to a higher plane Mm -hmm. so that's all on key changes but we're not done with pop music because taylor swift has just launched her tour and we had this big fiasco with Ticketmaster. Hmm. I assume that you weren't buying Swift tickets, huh? Uh I do not listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> That's but okay. Um, That's okay. I get to tell you the story then. It's very okay. exciting. Okay. So this says Hell hath no fury like angry Swifties. Last Tuesday, a flood of traffic crashed Ticketmaster's website during the Taylor Swift era's tour presale. The company termed historically unprecedented demand, and they canceled the Friday public sale. Swifties, left in a lurch, had nowhere to turn because Ticketmaster is the country's foremost gatekeeper of live music. Thanks to its 2010 merger with parent company Live Nation, Ticketmaster occupies 80% plus of music venue ticket sales. This enables the company to get away with sketchy practices like additional fees that can amount to up to 78% of a ticket's value. So mm-hmm. they're like uh, parking fee, attendance fee, convenience fee, convenience like, fee. No, it's an inconvenience. Yeah. Like that's something I do not like. Right. It's like, what convenience fee? Like, oh, like, because like, I'm not going to a place and buying tickets anymore. Because remember, <laughs> like, I don't know. If you remember, like, like used to get tickets for shows at like in the mall. Yeah, they have like a little like Ticketmaster thing where you can go buy tickets and you'd have to stand in line. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, it's a convenience fee. No, it's everything is on the computer. Like, don't don't do that. But yeah, very cringe. But it's because they have that merger going on. So Live Nation and Ticketmaster are the same company. So tons of people on Twitter super angry. Everyone's trying to get this ticket. 
Everyone's trying to get this bread, you know? Mm-hmm. Ticketmaster Business puts out a blog post that says, we strive to make ticket buying as easy as possible, but this hasn't been the case for Taylor Swift, the heiress tour. First, we want to apologize, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we knew a record number of fans wanted tickets. Uh, we required registration. Over 3.5 million people pre-registered for Taylor Swift ticks pre-sale. Historically, around 40% of invited fans actually show up and buy tickets, and most purchase an average of three. Around 1.5 million people were sent codes to join the on-sale for all 52 show dates, including the 47 sold by Ticketmaster. The remaining 2 million verified fans were placed on a waiting list on the small chance that tickets might be available. So the issue was, the demand for tickets broke the records and part of our website. Historically, we've been able to manage huge volume coming to the site. Uh, However, this time, the staggering number of bot attacks as well as fans who didn't have pre-sale codes drove unprecedented traffic on our site, (laughs) resulting in 3.5 billion total system requests, which is 4x our previous all-time high. Crazy. We handle lots of sales. We're very good at this, but basically it got totally messed up. It showed a graph where... You just have like this consistent random little spikes. And then the Taylor Swift (laughs) pre-sale spike is just off the charts. Uh, It usually takes us about an hour to sell through a stadium show, but we slowed down some sales and pushed back others to stabilize the systems. The trade-off was longer wait times in queue for some fans. Overall, we estimate about 15% of interactions across the site experienced issues. Despite the disruptions, a new sales record was set. Over 2 million tickets were sold on Ticketmaster for Taylor Swift on November 15th, the most tickets ever sold for an artist in a single day. Wow. They were all sold to verified fans. Only ticket buyers who were verified were permitted to enter a queue, which is good. So this is trying to avoid the bots and uh, the scalpers getting in. Oh, yeah. People are just is, buying a bunch and marking them up like yes, jerks. Exactly. 2.4 million tickets have been sold for the tour overall. Less than 5% have been sold or posted for resale. This is the crazy part. Even when a high demand on sale goes flawlessly from a tech perspective, many fans are left empty-handed. No ticket. For example, based on the volume of traffic to our site, Taylor would need to perform over 900 stadium shows, which is 20 times the number of shows she's doing, to to play in front of everyone. That's a stadium show every single night for the next 2.5 years. (laughs) While it's impossible, no. <laughs> yeah, I think she's going to say no to that. While yeah. it's impossible for everyone to get tickets to these shows, we know we can do more to improve the experience, and that's what we're focused on. So they gave a, a good apology and gave some interesting data on what happened. But I know Greg was waiting in line because his wife wanted some tickets. He told me that mm-hmm. uh, last week, and uh, I haven't checked in with him to see if he got the tickets or not. But this this presale broke Ticketmaster, which was pretty entertaining. And then all these people are angry. And I think what's going to come out of this is Taylor Swift is going to figure out a way to sell tickets herself. Oh, it's like, hey, I'm going to open up my own Ticketmaster. Exactly. She's like, she's like a business ninja. She has a team of just very Swifties. intelligent. Team of Swifties. <laughs> team of Swifties, yes. Um, Swiftmaster. There you go. Ooh, you already got the name. We should trademark that. I know. TM. Uh, Taylor, if you're interested, I'll sell it to you for a few mil. No right. big deal. You'll make it back in fees. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. 
And convenience fees. Yeah, you'll make it back in convenience fees. The next topic I have to talk about you is a little bit more sobering. So this is about TikTok. And a lot of people think we should ban TikTok in the U.S. because it's Chinese. But I have a different problem with TikTok. And that is that it is highly addictive. And a lot of people are calling it digital fentanyl. So wow. this, this article says, do you know what the most important tic- signal TikTok uses to determine your interest in a video? Many assume it is playing the video that's on your feed. Or maybe when you play it, how long do you watch? No, those are not it. The most important signal that you provide TikTok to feed you content is stopping the scroll. As you swipe down, sometimes you will press the screen to stop scrolling. Your eye has seen something that your type 1 brain noticed, not your higher order mental capacity, but the lizard brain that engages without you thinking. When that causes you to stop, TikTok knows that they won the jackpot on whatever was on the screen. TikTok observes the most autonomic activities of your brain and then feeds you algorithmic content specifically tuned to that. You have no agency. You aren't specifically following anyone. There wasn't a moment where you decided anything. It is instead like you were in the matrix and the recommendation engine is feeding you whatever you subconsciously engage with. And so this is commonsense.news. The article is called How China Got Our Kids Hooked on Digital Fentanyl. TikTok is a national security threat. Damn. Digital fentanyl. I think the, the biggest takeaway is just to be aware of how you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. And if you're on social media, which most of us are, uh, there are so many things that are just grasping for your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a little bit scary. And I am personally not on TikTok, but I do find other ways to waste my time on social media. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, I mean, TikTok's just one of them. I mean, people right. have been, you know, doing the whole thumb scrolling thing since, you know, Instagram came out when it was just pictures. It's just kind of mindless, like, sweet, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it's really just like, you have to be aware of what you're doing. If you're just like, Oh, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. Just, you know, or like, or it becomes this thing where you're just like, you know, looking at all these things of, you know, people, it's like, you don't even know probably like 95% of them. It's like, Oh, there's a dog. Oh, there's blah, blah, blah. Right. Someone doing a backflip or whatever. It's like, I don't know. It, it, it's just a matter of like what people are choosing, you know, to do with their time. It, it's like the same thing as like mindless eating or like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to do this or whatever. Yeah. It's like if you don't have a target or, or you know, really like what you want to do with your time, then you're going to just spend it doing dumb stuff or just like, oh, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> watch cat videos for an hour or something. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's been like two hours and I haven't really done anything. Yeah. And no one sets that as your goal for the day. Right. You're not like, oh, I want to watch two hours of cats playing piano today but if you're not careful that kind of stuff can happen yeah like me uh it's funny uh some of the the content i tend to to watch is uh like cooking videos i've been like really into those lately like mm-hmm. i follow this dude uh his name's uh the burger dude okay. on youtube and he nice. makes a lot of like cool like vegan dishes and stuff and it's just like i like to like learn new stuff like that and like so like it's funny because you never have it where sometimes like you're just like binging like oh like a bunch of music stuff or then sometimes like i used to binge just like pool like watching like yeah billiards. You, just, you just go through phases 
Yeah, and and it's and it's like to me, I don't I don't find that too mindless. I mean, I'm not like watching it and cooking at the same time, trying to learn it, you know, do it. But it's just kind of like you know, entertaining stuff that's kind of learning at the same time. Yeah, edutainment. Mm-hmm. You're learning some skills. I'm trying. I'm trying to be the golden Ramsey. <laughs> Come on, it's raw. Huh? You want an idiot sandwich? <laughs> so that's that's TikTok. And I think the biggest takeaway for, from that is just to have a focus for the day and have goals that you're trying to accomplish. And then if you have kind of a a one light that you're looking at, it's a little bit easier to get away from the the brain sucks. Yeah, you just you just gotta be your own drill sergeant in some in some ways because it's like you shouldn't need someone to come over and say, Hey, get off your phone. <laughs> like, oh yeah. It's almost like it puts people in a trance and they're just like looking at all of the stuff that's like really like you're probably forgetting half of it anyway. It's like reading a book without even like looking like really trying to intake the content. You're just like, oh, I'm just going through the motions or whatever. Scrolling through the pages. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't get stuck in that uh, scrolling vortex because eventually, I don't know, it probably won't be around. And then. You got to find some other thing to waste your time with. <laughs> I mean, humans have always figured out ways to waste our time. So mm-hmm. it's it's not that, but it is uh, an element of the lizard brain, like stopping something and then it just feeding you as much content in that category as possible. Yeah. And most of the time you have very little control over that, like agency over that decision. Yeah, I think I think the the downside about a lot of that kind of stuff is just like what it does to people mentally. Yeah. You know, I mean, YouTube is a huge source of, uh, you know, like being able to learn, mm-hmm. but there is also, you know, like people that just make, you know, like that, like Mr. Beast guy just makes these like dumbass videos where he's just like, Oh, we're going to fill up a mansion full of plastic toy balls, or we're going to like make the biggest pizza in the world or whatever. It's just like, kind of just like ridiculous like like watching jackass or something you know kind of <laughs> but without people getting like kicked in the nuts right but yeah it's it's just one of those things i think the thing about social media is it, it has a huge mental effect on like yeah. a, an effect on people's mental health and that's the the part of it where i think you know there is just like people are getting way too invested in that and it's just not it's not good and it, a lot of times it's just people you know if they're unhappy and they're just kind of like scrolling through it's it's like you maybe you should like have have a talk with yourself as what is as far as why you're doing it you know mm-hmm. well i know several people who have like diagnosed themselves with tiktok like they they're like oh yeah i watched these tiktok videos and now i'm on adderall because someone said i have adhd and you're like mm-hmm. wait what it's like that kind of stuff definitely makes me nervous and then people getting their news from tiktok also makes me a bit nervous. But at this point, we're two old men yelling at clouds. So I'm going to change the subject yeah. <laughs> on to artificial intelligence made vocals. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about artificial intelligence making some like never ending songs that were mm-hmm. instrumentals. Now we've got over 1,000 songs with human mimicking AI vocals, and then they've been released by Tencent Music in China. One Mm. of these songs has 100 million streams. Wow. And so they are hiring voice synthesis experts to try to get basically teach these AIs how to sound like humans. But the the first attempt 
is trying to make them sound like specific singers. Mm. So you could basically put in Michael Jackson and then it would be able to spit out a AI singer that sounds like him. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's wild. They should just do one like with like like a scat bebop. That would probably be pretty easy. Just like have have some some person just record a bunch of that and they just like randomly just scats over jazz. Keep bop do do bop do. Right. Well, I mean, you got the the improv rhythms and the melody that's improvised. So I'm sure there are like a lot of complex layers that a human can do very easily, very mm-hmm. simply, uh, with some skill. And it's hard to teach a computer to to do comfortably. Yeah. Eventually we're just not gonna need to do anything. We're just gonna sit in a pod with like these <laughs> these like a helmet that probably like the matrix it just like plugs in the back of your head and you're just like i don't need to do anything like i live i lived four lifetimes just for sitting in this pod the zuckerberg metaverse just yeah just just let let the algorithm run your life so i tried to find some of this music that was referenced in the article and i couldn't find it so i don't know if it's not available in the u.s if Hmm. someone could send me the link that'd be great but i was trying to listen to it uh like this one track has a hundred million streams Mm-hmm. And I could not find it, and they don't link it. So, girl, how uh, does it have so many streams? I can't even find the damn thing. Exactly, exactly. So, um, that is it on AI vocals. But that is kind of an interesting path to watch. Mm. Yeah, AI man, Whew. moving fast. Uh, something that was not AI is Rain Song. So, Rain Song is. Our newest free library, it is around a gigabyte of rain and thunderstorm field recordings, as well as ambient pads and atmospheres. Mm-hmm. So, Craig, you made a track with this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a, I did a demo for it because, um, yeah, when I was preparing for the walkthrough and just kind of playing through all the samples, like, I, you know, I just kind of hear a sound let let my fingers you know just kind of play around on the keyboard and there was some some uh some of the ambiences on there that i just started like kind of generating some little musical ideas and i was like ooh, i need to get this one down so i started uh just messing around with, with some musical ideas and ended up writing a little track with it uh it also uses uh, some other stuff too it uses some sounds from sonospheres 4 Nice. Yeah, for the most part, it was just the uh, sounds from there because there's like uh, percussive sounds, so you can make little, little percussive grooves. Um, there's a, a ton of really cool ambiences that are just like super moody and like the rain atmospheres. If you want to have that kind of vibe, but yeah, I I just started writing this kind of is you know, a little bit sort of like depressing sounding in the very beginning, but then it just kind of like sort of got a little bit more brighter and. And happier as as it kind of moved along i guess you know as happy as i'm gonna probably make something but <laughs> um but yeah no it, it's it's a really cool library and and it's like for for it being free especially like it's you know it's definitely worth checking out especially if you like new ambient you know drones and atmospheres and you just want to have some new colors to play with it's totally worth it you know it's free come it's on free. yeah how are you gonna beat that And then the other thing that we have launched for the first time ever is we put our Omega bundle on further sale. 
It is 749 right now for all of our sample content, plus a three-year 50% discount on new releases. So this comes with over 30 contact player libraries and like 170 uh, non-player libraries. It is huge. Uh, It is definitely the best, most affordable way to get everything we have. Yeah, that, I mean, even normal, it's a killer deal, but Mm -hmm. it's like, it's really killer deal now because it's like 25% off it already being on sale. So uh yeah if there's any any time to to try and snag a bunch of our stuff now is definitely the time (laughs) these deals are crazy right and the reason that we put it on sale is we are going to be discontinuing the model at the end of the year so next year we'll move to a different model of omega where we just update it once a year so and we're also discontinuing the three-year discount so we're getting rid of we're getting rid of our model that we've used over the past several years. So yeah, check out Omega. If you're looking for an all-in-one package to make tons of music using samples, this is your stop. It's the Omega. Uh, okay. Another article I stumbled upon this week is 50 ways to be generous and feel good. Nice and simple. So he says, here are 50 ways to be generous. I'm not going to read all of them to you. You can read the article if you're interested. Mm -hmm. But he says, generosity actually makes you feel good, sometimes even better than the person you're being generous to. Uh, So one idea he has is find a little free library near you and donate a book. If you can't find one, you can start one. Have you seen this? Mm Mm-mm. So if you bike around a neighborhood, there's like a little bird box almost, and it just has like two little shelves in it, and it's like a take a book, leave a book situation. Oh, okay. Uh, And it can be anything, but I've also seen people do that with canned goods, with like food. It's like take take an ingredient, leave an ingredient. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fun idea. But I see these little free libraries pretty often, and now that I've told you about it, you'll start seeing them too. But... The books could be totally random. A lot of kids' books, as you might Mm -hmm. imagine. That public radio station or podcast you've been streaming for months or years, become a member and contribute monthly to keep the programming going. Don't put it off. While you're at it, send a praise-filled email to the host or production team. And what I'll say about that from a production side is it really means a lot when we get nice feedback on the stuff we're doing here at SoundIron because uh, it's usually radio silence. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's usually we're not we're not usually just getting rave reviews and nice, friendly emails about how much they love the podcast or love our videos or whatever on the daily. It's usually you put things out into the ether and sometimes you hear something and sometimes you don't. But feedback yeah. is fairly rare. Yeah. I mean, feedback's always good, you know, whether it's uh, constructive or, or just showing appreciation. Uh, it, it definitely, it's, it's always, it, it's always nice. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong, you know, it's like, Hey, Nathan, uh, you were, um, making some really great music lately. Like, thank you. Right. You know? I'm not, I, I should just hit you up and be like, that track was trash. Yeah. Your, your snare was horrible. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Fix your mix. <laughs> like, yeah. Fix that mix, man. 
but yeah, it, it's yeah, it's always nice, you know, you know, because we we're always trying to work really hard to provide awesome tools, and you know, it's like any kind of feedback, it's always it's always nice, you know, because we just uh, we're just trying to give you some cool stuff to make cool stuff with, you know. Yeah, tools for musicians. Um, number six is choose a struggling artist and publicly thank them for adding beauty and inspiration to the world. Post a positive review online. Mention them in your newsletter or send them a personal note to say, I love your work. Please keep going. You can leave us a five-star review. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, we need, we need reviews for this. <laughs> Sponsor a local yoga class. Buy 10 or 20 spots and give them away. You can give out passes to friends, colleagues, neighbors, or strangers, or tell the studio the next 20 people who come in can take a class for free on me. Wow. I wonder how much that would be. Maybe not as much as you think. Yeah. I, but, think, I mean, but I don't know. I would say it's probably like between, it's like $10 a drop in. Oh, really? Yeah, 10 to 15, depending on where you are. I mean, your your classes where you are are more expensive than mine. Mm, yeah. Good old Southern California. <laughs> Got that sunshine tax, son. Uh, you better get outside and go see it. I know. I need to get a little, get a little sun on my skin. I'm starting to <laughs> blend in with my walls. Uh, this says, go through your closet and donate items to dress for success or its equivalent in your country. You'll declutter your wardrobe and help a job seeker feel more confident at their next interview. Hmm. Record an audio message for someone you've been meaning to thank for a while. Text it to them. I don't know about you, but sometimes like I'll keep nice notes or letters from family and friends. And if I'm like down, I can pull it out and kind of revert back to that better feeling yeah i um yeah i have like cards and stuff i think i usually tend to just forget where they are <laughs> like especially after moving i'm like where where's all this stuff at <laughs> oh yeah got a downsize when a friend tells you a piece of good news respond with sincere enthusiasm uh, make a fuss and say this is amazing news we need to celebrate he says, whether it's a new job, big client, moving to a new home or something else, plan a celebration for your friend and do something to mark the moment. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good one. Yeah. So this goes on and on. But the basic premise is think generously and take action on generosity and you will actually feel better. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even need reciprocity. You get the good feeling by being generous. Um, okay, and I think that brings me to the recommendations section. So while you think of your recommendations, I will tell you mine for this week, which are Valhalla DSP has come out with an update to Supermassive with a couple new modes and some new presets. And you know I'm all about those presets. Oh, and then yeah. Valhalla Delay just added a new mode called Rich Pitch, I believe, is what it's called. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they actually have some presets that are called things that are kind of uh, hearkening back to Shimmer. And you can octave down, you can octave up, a lot of blending options, a lot of detuning. But it's basically like Shimmer on steroids, in my opinion. Oh. And so if you like Valhalla Shimmer, you definitely need Valhalla Delay now. And there's a free trial on their site, and you can try everything out. Uh, but it's definitely worth the $50 and they don't do sales. So it's always 50 bucks. I mean, that that's a very good price, especially for their stuff. Cause yeah, I, I use Valhalla all the time. 
Yeah, I got to get that that new uh, the Valhalla delay update. Yes, you do. I, I got the super massive one. I downloaded it and installed it. I just haven't uh, played around with it yet. It's sweet. I mean, you can't be free again. Like if you would just grab Rain Song and Super Massive, you could make a track. Yeah, I think I actually used some of all all this stuff. I think I actually had Shimmer and um, what's the other one I, t- I tend to use a lot. Well, some I'll, sometimes I'll use Black Hole too from Eventide because mm-hmm. they're kind of kind of like similar and in, in, but different for sure. But uh, yeah, just for for you know, especially adding on top of ambiences, it just like makes them even more just like ethereal and alive alive and popping uh you've been watching listening downloading you get any black friday deals uh, i honestly have not gotten anything for black friday I, I feel like i don't know as as time goes on i'm very kind of caught like very conscious of, of my purchases yeah like I, sometimes i have those things where it's like like oh man it'd be cool to get that but i'm like do i need that <laughs> you know do i want mm-hmm. another like bill or something or you know especially like getting the stuff on like on a credit deals and stuff like if you you know like you put oh put it on my best buy card and just kind of you know yeah i i think i've just been there was something i was looking at though and this goes back to the cooking thing i was talking about have you ever heard of those hex clad pans hex clad pans no i haven't yeah it's it's like this like certain like pan technology or whatever it's like kind of like um uh like what do you call those like i think they're stainless steel too um But yeah, like Gordon Ramsay was talking about, or because I, I saw him using some pans in some cooking video, and I was like, I wonder what those are. Those those look neat. And then sure enough, I went to the site and he was like endorsing them. Or I don't know yeah. if it's his thing, but I was looking at those. There was like a th- like a three pan set, but on sale it was like two ninety nine or something or one ninety nine or something like that, which is like pretty not not cheap for for cooking wear. Right, that's expensive. But I, I was kind of like, but then I was like, no. You don't. <laughs> Do you I need talked that? yourself into it. Yeah, it's funny because my girlfriend was like, "Oh, did you get it?" And I'm like, "No, I talked myself out of it." So, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll wait until I'm a. Uh, I got a couple Michelin stars before I go and do that. That's crazy, man. I got an SD card. Yeah, got to keep shooting that video, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple. Mine, mine are all like. Yeah, like 512 gigabytes. I got three different ones for three cameras. Got this one and then B cam, key cam. And uh but usually I just I just format it every other time. So that way it's just kind of like I know I'm never gonna run into the the chance of because there's nothing worse when you're filming a long walkthrough, yeah. you know, like like a, you know, it could be like a half an hour, hour of 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 stuff or like some kind of composition breakdown. And midway, just like seeing one of your SD cards full, just that is the running worst. out of space. Oof, yeah. And then you gotta like remember where you were. Stop everything, take it out, get it off there, bring it back. It's just cry. That's it's happened. Yes, yes. Crying is <laughs> usually involved, but yeah. Honestly, I didn't get anything. Long story short, no. Long story short, you're waiting for Christmas. No. Well, I did. I did. I did get something, but it was for somebody else. So that that counts. Yeah. Uh you went to a show? Oh yeah. Uh I went to see uh uh Goblin and they scored uh Suspiria the entire the entire way through which was really cool. And um they played some other songs too. And yeah, it was that was actually a really really fun show. Sounded really good. Suspiria. I'm looking it up right now. 1977 Italian supernatural horror film. 
I recommend that for anyone who has not seen Suspiria. What are you what are you doing? I know you need you need to watch it. <laughs> Add that to the list. Put it yeah. on the list. Put it on the list. All right. I will. And then uh, tell me about all the nightmares that you had after watching it. <laughs> as long as I don't have to score the film, I'll, no, be, I would, I'll be good. I would love to score that, but it's already been done and it was awesome. So no need. No need. All right. Uh, well, definitely check out the Omega Bundle. Um, it's $749 for so much content. Mm-hmm. And then download Rain Song because it's free and it's awesome and you should check it out. And then if, especially for anyone who doesn't have any of our libraries and they're wanting to, you know, check out the engine and, you know, see, see how things work. And and there's so much you can do with it, especially with just like, you know, the user interface and all the sounds. So, I mean, you can definitely get a lot of mileage out of it. That is the nice thing about this four layer interface is once you get comfortable with it, we have dozens of products that use it. So you can kind of plug and play with a zitherette or with a whale drum so many of our libraries have the same kind of template and once you get to know it it's really easy to use yeah and it's very very powerful if you get really creative with it because you can go deep you can just like load up stuff and just you know play and it's and it sounds cool but you can really get deep in there especially with like the different you know settings in the advanced tab and the effects and the x fade assign and all that stuff you can really do uh a lot of stuff. There's an arpeggiator. Everyone loves an arpeggiator. You know? I know I do. Let the Yarp do the work. But yeah, I would definitely check that out. Boom. All right. I think that wraps us up for the week. Uh, we will catch you soon. Let us know what guests you would like to have on here. And Craig, I'll catch you next week, my friend. Nathan, catch you on the flippity flip. Peace. Peace.